to the Coffee Buzz. My name is Brad, and thank you so much for listening. I I know I say that every week, but uh, I really can't express it into words how much it means that you come here and you click that play button. Uh, Thank you again. I'm uh, drinking some... I had to get this coffee just based on the name. It's I've tried the brand out before. It's um, Equal Exchange. Comes in like this red package. Got a cool logo on it. Uh, you may have seen it at your local grocery store. Um, and this blend, this particular one, is called the Love Buzz, <laughs> which appeals to me. Um, but it's uh, really dark, smoky. It's got a really nice flavor to it, and. The best part of this brand is that you can get a bag of organic coffee for under eight bucks, which is is pretty good in in terms of my shopping experience. Uh, Usually the organics are $10 and up, but uh, this particular brand, I've I've loved every flavor so far. Uh, I'm probably just going to make my way through all of them. But uh, if you get a chance, check this one out. Equal Exchange. They are, what is it? They got a lot of stickers here. It's an organic, uh, fair trade. They actually support charity. And oh, there's, it's non-GMO. That's always, always fun. <laughs> That's a good thing. I know on this show, I talk a lot about personal development. And I've mentioned before that I am not any type of guru. I am not an enlightened person. I, uh, I try my best. Uh, but most of the time when I do these shows about personal development, it's really just me talking to myself. I'm trying to coach myself up here. Um, but I thought I would get into some of my guilty pleasures because I... I don't want to come off as some kind of, uh, you know, uh, stoic or something because I definitely have some guilty pleasures. I think it's a good idea to level with you on that. I don't want you to to think I'm some pretentious, self-righteous zealot here. (laughs) So first up on my list of guilty pleasures is a reality show time waster that I, I somehow cannot give up. It's, uh, it's now called the challenge on MTV. It's gone through several iterations. I think it started off as the real world road rules challenge. (laughs) And I can't believe I'm even admitting this, but I've been watching this show for so long. (laughs) Um, it's, it's got, uh, it's mindless entertainment. There's really no reason for me to ever watch this show. It's almost like I think I watch it because I watch it the same reason that I used to watch Hoarders because I would see these people with these horrible, messy houses and think, you know, I'm not as bad as that guy. I mean, my closet might be a wreck, but um, I, I don't have a hoarder path carved out in my living room. And I use that as sort of a justification for my own uh, lackadaisical nature about that. That was before Marie Kondo came along. But um, that's kind of why I watch this show, I think, is that they are the mental equivalent of hoarders. Uh, and they put these people in these stressful situations and kind of they force drama to happen. Um, 
as far as what I can tell, it's one of the few shows that isn't scripted out in terms of reality. I, I can't imagine these people uh, saying what they do, uh, scripted anyway. <laughs> um, and then they put them into these various various competitions where they're against each other. It's Think of, if you haven't seen this show, maybe I, I could compare it to one of those other shows like uh, Amazing Race or... Uh, something to that nature only with young people that have no emotional intelligence whatsoever. I mean, you'll get a few <laughs> that, uh, that, that are somewhat mature adults, but I think they get dragged down by all of the other, uh, immaturity that goes on. So even if somebody is somewhat, you know, developed in a responsible adult, by the time they come to that show after a few episodes in, they get sort of dragged down to everybody else's level. Um, another show that I think is a good show, but it's probably uh, a guilty pleasure is American Horror Story. At least that's what Kim tells me. She says, it's why are you watching this crap? <laughs> it's um, uh, I haven't seen all the seasons, but I've yet to see a season I don't like. And, um, I mean, I don't, I knew when I did an episode about guilty pleasures that I might offend someone because this might be somebody's favorite show. So I'm not saying again that it's bad. It's, um, but it does tend to get a little cheesy and it's, it's violent, <laughs> graphically violent. And, uh, I, I, I can't really justify why I watch it other than, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's a fun show. It, uh, <laughs> I know some people might find it offensive and, and whatnot. Um, and I think sort of like the reason that, uh, I have to counterbalance the baby shark and, and stuff that I hear when I'm driving home with my daughter in the car. I, I think this is sort of the anecdote to watching Peppa Pig for like an hour on end. You know, this is, I, I got to go see some people getting slashed up after I watch Peppa Pig. I'm sorry <laughs> if, if, if this makes me a bad person. Well, I, I know that and uh, I hope to improve. Maybe in, you know, uh, another few years, I won't have the need to watch this show anymore. Maybe uh, my daughter will move past Peppa Pig. Um, on that same note, I really get into death metal now. <laughs> I don't, it's bizarre. Um and specifically a genre called doom metal. It's a little bit slower. Uh, they detune their guitars to the point where it's almost like a bass. Um, it's kind of, it's definitely a low energy type of music. It's not something that uh, I would want my kid listening to. I don't put it on whenever she's around, but um, it's, it's a guilty pleasure for me at least. Um, Gosh, and there's there's so many actually. I could go on and on. Um, ice cream, specifically non dairy ice cream, <laughs> is uh, one of my weaknesses. Uh, there's a a brand here in town, Not a Moo, and it's one of my favorites. Um, they've come such a long way with non dairy ice cream. It used to just be like frozen ice, but uh, now they use uh, cashews as the base and it has such a rich flavor that 
to me, it tastes just like ice cream. It's it's just one of my favorites. I I don't have it often, like hardly at all, because whenever I do, I sit down and eat that entire pint. <laughs> I mean, there is no nutritional value um, to this thing. It's not made out of milk, so it's it's uh, better than than a lot of stuff, better than Bluebell certainly, but uh, it's still not a health food. <laughs> at all. And uh, I, I say all this because, again, I just don't want to come off as some holier-than-thou spiritual guru. Uh, I'm far from it, and, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, there's a concept in Buddhism known as the middle way. Um, and let me dive into a little bit of the Buddha's history so I can kind of explain this a little bit more. It's a, he was born the son of a king, and he lived the first part of his life, his adolescence, in total luxury. Uh, I heard one person describe his life as just total entertainment. He never, there was never a time of boredom or suffering. He was just basically confined to this life around the palace where everyone was happy and everything he ever wanted was given to him and being the son of a king you know his destiny could have been that he would himself become a king one day as he grew older he wanted to travel he wanted to see what the world was like outside of the palace his father did not approve of this but reluctantly agreed because you know he was a spoiled kid that got whatever he wanted and as he ventured into the villages and started witnessing how regular people lived and suffered, he was appalled. Um, he had never seen anything like this, like illness or uh, depression or unhappiness. And it was a bit of an ex existential crisis for him. You know, he really, it shattered his worldview. He had basically no concept of lack or or even death for that matter. And the guide that was with him on this journey said, look, I'll, I'll take you to someone that might be able to help you out with this. And it was a holy man who lived in total peace and basically had nothing, you know, no palace, no kingdom. Uh, he wasn't, but he also wasn't suffering. And so this guru took him in and taught him the ways of a Spartan life. And so during this time, the Buddha almost starved himself while fasting. Uh, he would endure purposeful pain to gain insight into the human condition. And as he entered into this area where his identity became all about being spiritual, he realized that this too was a trap by the ego. I mean, I've never starved myself to the brink of death, but I have definitely experienced this, this ego trap. I mean, after I read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, which is a great book, but I began to judge people that were not as evolved as I thought I was. Uh, one of the parts of the book that jumped out to me was this concept of the pain body and what 
that concept means. It's an accumulation of painful life experiences that um, that was not fully faced and accepted. And so it leaves behind this energy form of an emotional pain. And it comes together with other energy forms. So for after many years, you have this pain body. Anytime I would see someone acting crazy, I would just think, oh, that's that's their pain body. It's screaming out. You know, if they only knew what I knew, they would, they would realize that this is ridiculous. So I had really missed the point of the book entirely, which is to escape the ego. But uh, the, the ego is a sneaky little bastard. It, uh, let's say you start on a spiritual journey and you might proclaim, I am no longer attached to my ego. But then the ego just takes over whatever spiritual practice that you've just adopted. Saying that I'm going to no longer be attached to my ego is like telling a criminal that you're about to investigate them. Uh, you know, you might not be judgmental about the car someone drives or how much money they have, but now you're judging them because of how they lack your level of enlightenment. And it's really the same thing. And it's just window dressing for the ego, really. Oh, you're going to be spiritual. Well, I'll take that over now, too. And I think this is what most spiritual people fail at. It's really rare for me to find someone that is on a spiritual path that isn't judgmental of those that aren't. Um, when the Buddha realized this, he decided it best to go the middle way. This is where you're not totally submersed in hedonism and sensory pleasures, but you also don't adopt a holier-than-thou outlook towards others. You know, if one gets too caught up in the spiritual identity, then no one is really able to relate to you. Uh, I tried to stop drinking so many times. Uh, I would say things like, I'm never drinking again. This is it. I'm done with it. And my ego would laugh at me and put me into tempting situations where I would just fail every time. And when I finally did stop, I, I did it a little bit differently. I just took my attention away from the addiction. I didn't like make any announcements to myself or anyone else until about a month or two after I had stopped and sort of integrated it into my new identity of not being a drinker anymore. Guilty pleasures, I think, can keep you grounded from being too spiritual. Um, it's a balance of the yin and the yang. And this is how I justify watching American Horror Story while eating a pint of not a moo anyway. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. And you can check the show notes. I've got several links. I've uh, started a little YouTube channel. Uh, don't know how long I'm going to keep that up, but it's uh, it's sort of like my sandbox for this podcast. Uh, so far, it's been a, a lot about running. So if you're into that, you might want to check it out. I'll link that in the show notes, or you can search YouTube for The Coffee Buzz. As always, you can find me at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>